0: Have you ever wondered, um, if you're missing the mark a little bit, you know, you, you want you want to get right in the center of all that God has for you? You want to live a gospel-rich life? You want to live a life that exalts Christ and honors Him by your thoughts and actions and behaviors? Um, and are there some concerns that you fall off to the left or to the right? That's what we've been talking about today. We, we have been talking about the gospel, and today we're going to be talking about the distortions of the gospel, uh, some false teachings that come in and disrupt us. So welcome to Gary Wilson Podcast. So thrilled that you're here with us today. I hope that you're really getting a lot of good stuff out of this, because I know I am, and I'm thrilled to have in the studio with me again, my co-host, uh, Joshua West. Joshua, welcome. Glad that you're helping us out again.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. You enjoying it so far? Oh, it's We've been... a lot.
1: Of, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's the same sort of stuff we'd be talking about up in your office. So we're just doing it in front of a, a lot of other people. So yeah. it's a, uh, it's a joy.
0: Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of enjoyable to, uh, you know, as you said, we do this, you know, we, uh, so our studio is, like a block away from our main offices, and even coming here today, we were talking about all this stuff. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I almost want to tell us, "Hey, be quiet. Let's save it for the, let's save it for the program." Right. But you know, it's it. The good news is, it comes out of us. You know, it's it. It leaks. You know, and just you, you just want to talk about this stuff day and night. You, you talk about what you love, right? You know, definitely. So, so that's, and we love the gospel. We love Jesus. We love making Him known. We love seeing Him exalted, uh, as as He so des- deserves to be. Exalted in a higher place than we've ever imagined him being in our own life, Amen. and so so uh, last time we talked, we were spending some time on uh, the scriptures, speaking so clearly about the distortion, the the, the 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 gospel that's not really no gospel at all. That those people are accursed. they're not even really Christians that are uh, presenting these things. And those are things that are somewhat controversial today. We we, we are very hesitant to say that false teacher there is not a uh, a Christian, but um, so you were uh, in talking about you know how we talk outside of the podcast. You, you were telling me a little bit something about the ditch t- uh, as we're talking about some false gospels. Uh, don't, don't, don't share with us what you're. Yeah, I
1: think, you know, there's there's many distortions and many specific false teachings we could talk about, you know, the impact, the gospel omissions commissions, just like you mentioned last time. But I think really when you're, you know, walking down the gospel road, that narrow path of the gospel road. The, there really is two main ditches on either side of that road you can fall in. One is uh, that's very popular today is is the cheap grace idea, that, you know, uh, a grace that just, you kind of live as you please, do as you please. Um, and then, of course, on the other side of that road, the other ditch we can fall into is is legalism or workspace righteousness. And, you know, I think uh, we, we can, I mean, even as true believers, and in, in our lives, we can kind of fall one way or the other, you know, and not uh, and just kind of get caught up in works a little bit or or get caught up in the idea of, uh, you know, not meditating on the holiness of God. But I think that that talking through those things, um, you know, the way you recenter is on Christ and him crucified, the, the necessity of why Christ came to earth and, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and just. The, the holiness of God, the neediness of man, um, and what God did for us in giving us this, this, this unmerited grace, this imputed righteousness, um, you know, as he shows his love for us.
0: Yeah, I, I have, a, I'm sure you're saying the same thing, fallen off the path into the ditch on both sides. Um, probably 10, 12 years ago, uh, I was revisiting a teaching that we at World Challenge Um, honor and love and exalts as it's exalted in the word, the new covenant. Mm -hmm. But, but there were some books that were given to me that, that were a little bit more like, okay, it's like, I love the new covenant and this takes it even a step further. Uh, but it actually without knowing it, it was taking me into that one of the ditches you're talking about into uh, grace that is like you know some of the things that was teaching was like uh, uh, you don't need to confess your sins anymore because on right. the cross they were forgiven. Of course they were forgiven on the cross, but we make things right and just like I would with my wife, I have a covenant with her that uh, I don't get divorced every time I fail her, but when I do fail her I, I, I share that with her I, you know I, I say I'm sorry it's it's good for her to hear that. It's also good for me. So, but anyway, so I was, I started believing and even a, a couple sermons has slipped into there like, Hey, you know, that, that thing about confession of sins is for the one time thing when, uh, right. so, you know, so that was a slip off the road on that side. I haven't had as much problem with slipping into the legalism because I just hate it so much. I'm, right. I'm not very good at keeping rules and regulations. So that, that's really <clears throat> not much of a temptation. It tends to be more the, 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 the slippery slope of, of a grace that's not truly grace. Right. But I think the difference between what we're talking about, we talked about the gospel, now we're talking about false gospels or false teachers, false teachings, is is not this, we're not talking about slipping off the right. path. We're talking about living in the ditch. Right. Like, I am promoting the ditch. Right. I'm promoting...
1: The ditch is the road.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's the way to say it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So it's different, right?
1: It's definitely different. And I only mentioned... Um, that we can be drawn or fall into those things just because it's important, you know, for Christians to realize that we can get our eyes off of Jesus still being saved, still being in Christ. We're not losing our salvation, but I feel like, you know, it's important to mention uh, that we can fall into these, but I think the what we're really talking about here is. Um, those who don't know the truth of the gospel, who live in either one of those ditches. Um, just before we move on from the Christian who struggles with this, you know, people often say, you know, I don't deal with legalism at all. But here's something interesting. Um, you, you think, people think that we don't, but then something bad happens in your life, right? Um, and then the thought comes to your mind, man, I've been living for you, God. I've served you. I was a pastor. How could this happen to my kids? How does this happen to my wife? well in some way you're you've think, you think even if it's subconsciously you feel like work your works your performance has oh, okay. something to do with it mm-hmm. so I think it's easy to slip into those things or or even in grace sometimes but but it, in the fault in the realm of false gospel it's people that live in those places yeah. people that and I think in in society what we see is Oftentimes, one being an answer as a correction to the other. So, you know, we we in, in the history of, a, of American Christianity, you know, there was a very legalistic strain of Christianity that was very predominant. And it was more about the ethics of Christianity. Have a good haircut, be a good upstanding citizen, attend church, you know, uh, you feel like you're getting, you know, gold stars because you're at church Sunday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday, you're volunteering, you know, and so this, this idea of legalism, you know, that permeated Christianity almost, it's a legalism almost that there's no redemption from like, you almost can't be good enough to to do it. Um, I think the overcorrection of that in our day is the free grace, the pendulum has swung so far the other direction now. That it's not a question of, you know, the only sin in our in much of that sort of grace centered Christianity is uh, calling sin, sin. That's the only sin. If you if you treat sin like it's a sin, if you uh, any sort of call to holiness, you know, and I think it's always important in these discussions to make sure that we we clarify that holiness and a call to holy living is not legalism. Right. It's always a category error. We're, we're trying to, uh, ju- in justification, is where we are saved by the grace of God alone. Mm-hmm. But in sanctification, is God's working in us, the idea of calling saints to live holy lives and to flee from sin and immorality, these are not legalistic calls. These are, these are gospel calls. It, it, it becomes legalism when, when you start saying, well, if you don't do this to this level, maybe mm-hmm. you're not really a Christian. So, you know, mm-hmm. just a little groundwork before uh, we talk about those specific yeah. things. and let's
0: stay on that for a little while because, first of all, what what you're saying to speaks to me. I'm, I'm grateful that you said it because it's, it, it's caught me off guard a little bit in a good way. I, I always like being a little bit corrected sometimes. And, and <laughs> here I am saying I'm not... I don't I don't deal with legalism it's not the ditch that I fall into and I'm thinking in terms of like I don't try to earn my salvation but uh, I like your point about you know mm. that, that that I could be dealing with legalism when when things aren't going well when one of my kids is a prodigal or whatever uh, thankfully they're all serving the Lord right now but I remember those seasons where they were sure. and, I, and I had a little bit of that thought like you know it's like how how long do I you know, you know, what do you want? Blood? How long do I have right. to pray? You know, how long do I have to fast? How long do I have to, to, before you, you know, you move in my life like others? I never lived, had saw that as legalism. So that, so those are all. So it's so I guess what I hear a saying today is maybe it might be even a little slipperier than we thought. You know, it's, definitely it could go with it. Uh, but you talked about recentering too, which I think is a really important word and a very encouraging word, as opposed to a heresy or a false teacher or a false prophet. Who live in the ditch and make the road the d- the ditch the road? We we have this pull this this there are recent and I think our recentering is not necessarily our wisdom like oh I've fallen off the ditch and right. thankfully and I'm so smart and I know the word so well that I'm going to get back up and it's it's we are His children and when. When we have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, when we fall off to the left or the right of the road, He's the one who's pulling us up. He's, yes. he's the one. Those who live in the ditch, as we said in our last episode, you know, they're an anthema, they're, they're they're not they're even cursed. They're, they're cursed. They're not even living a Christian life, so they're not going to be pulled up by the Holy Spirit because they don't have the Holy Spirit. But we are. So the good news is not like, oh man, I, I slipped into this this false teaching of of uh, grace that's not true grace or legalism uh, and you know you know I've I've blown it or it's too late for me now or I lost my salvation or right. God doesn't love me anymore no he's he is the one who's going to recenter you right
1: definitely yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i mean looking you know looking unto jesus the author and finisher of your faith this is sort of an outward encouragement of the gospel you know look back to what's important recenter on jesus stop looking down or in the mirror look up that's a message to christians though Mm -hmm. to to those who who live in those ditches who don't truly understand the saving grace of christ um it's a call you know to repentance it's a call to surrender your life to christ and 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 call him lord and so you know i think i think this is one of the most important reasons that the centrality of preaching the gospel in every message and when i say that i don't mean like You know, not to pick on him, but like Joel, you know, Joel Steen are very seems like Joel seems like if I just had to look at him and make an estimation, seems like a wonderful person, friendly and kind and probably very generous. And, you know, just seems like a great guy. I know a lot of people like that um, in life, but 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 making a message gospel centered isn't preaching a man centered message. And at the very last. Sixty seconds of your telecast saying, "Hey, if you want to accept Jesus in your heart real quick, you know, <laughs> repeat these words." That's not what it, it's not some additional thing. Yeah. It's it's actually the core of everything. And so, recentering on uh, that's why it's so important to to preach the message of the gospel because to the saint, it's a recentering; yeah. to to the lost person, it's a call to to come to Christ. Yeah, it, it never gets old. I always like to say. Um, that the gospel is not like the entry door into Christianity; it is Christianity. Yeah. It is everything. It's the lynchpin that everything right. else hangs on.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Uh, the uh, you know just thinking of of the you know you're mentioning Joel Olstein and you know I've heard some of his sermons. You know, spend twenty five minutes talking about how to be successful in life, and then, like you said, 15 seconds about if you'd like to receive Jesus in your heart. Right. Well, if if receiving Jesus means I get the benefits of what you just said, last 25 minutes. Sounds good. Sure, I'll, <laughs> I'll receive that. Wouldn't it be great if he just reversed that? No doubt. Just for 25 minutes, just talked about the love of Jesus, the cross of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, how, how our lives, how holy God is, what repentance can do in our life and at the end just say and and if you you know if you need some help with your job or you're looking for a new apartment let's pray for you that the that lord will help you with that too you know that would be great if you reversed it but unfortunately it doesn't and that's why you would say that's 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 in the ditch that's yeah that, that's that's a deceptive heresy that's you know second peter we talked about this in our last episode, but Second uh, uh, Peter chapter 2, talking about false prophets, false teachers among you, destructive heresies, denying the master. In other words, they're not talking about Jesus. They're talking about, what, well, what are they talking about then if they're not talking about Jesus, verse 2, and many will follow their sensuality. Now, I don't know, I don't have my Greek here in front of me, but so I don't know if that word is will follow their own sensuality which I think it can mean that so right. so there's this preacher that's preaching something that to my senses lures it, it stirs the lusts in my heart for success right. fame power authority love acceptance applause uh, or does it mean uh we'll follow their their sensuality you know what i mean like definitely i'm, I'm like this guy's sensual he he wants something out of life that is lustful and I, and i want that too so but i think so it's probably both they follow their sensuality and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed, and uh, in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. So, so the two words that would describe the ditch, on the one side, at least anyway, uh, not the, the legalism side, but but the other side, the, the the slippery slope into a false understanding of of grace. A lot of people call that. Uh, um, legalism or licentiousness right uh, you know the 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 the, ditches, the sensuality here the two words that describe something you'll know if you're in a in the ditch of false teaching if 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 it's if it's stirring self like i want yes. more for me and God's the one who's going to give it to me. And the second word that follows in that is greed, it has to do with monetary. It's it's mammon. It's it's right. And we talked about it in lesser, but it's Jesus plus. So it's Jesus plus mammon. You know, we won't forget Jesus in our sermon. Our church still mentions Jesus occasionally, but really we're based on mammon, greed, sensuality, and those those. And that's that's as what it says it's destructive. So that's that's those are some of the slippery slopes that we definitely. And there's a difference between falling into it and living into it that's what we're trying to make clear today
1: right no no doubt i think something you pointed on i think it's so um it's what you're talking about sensuality and uh, you know what what are we we doing so we look at these false teachers sometimes and we say you know these people are you know the wolves you know jesus talks about matthew seven and i'm probably gonna make a statement about that in a minute but it's interesting in in uh second timothy chapter four you know, verse one through five, what does Paul say? He says, I charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom to preach the word and be ready in season and out of season to rebu- reprove, rebuke and exhort with complete patience and teaching. And then he says, for the time will come when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate to themselves teachers who will say what their itching ears want to hear Then of course he says but don't you do this timothy you know discharge your duties as a minister uh, your your duties as an evangelist you know basically preach the word hold fast to the truth but he, he he says that the reason that there are false teachers is because the people wanting what they have to say accumulate them to themselves so you know we can look at at the the Joel Olstein and say, well, this is the wolf in sheep's clothing. But we also have to give responsibility where responsibility is due. There's a there is a surplus of people that are accumulating to themselves these false teachings, really saying what their itching ears want to hear. And so, you know, it's just like any sort of thing. There's a there's a market for it, and uh, and so I think that's a. Uh, that's, that's important to realize and yes we do need to speak out against false teaching and false teachers um, especially when it's gossip when it's undermining the gospel of Jesus Christ but we also need to remember that there, there's something in us that wants that that it goes back to that sin nature and so um, the, the people are going we're producing the false teachers is what I'm saying because we're, they're going to say what we want to hear. Um, and that's why, you know, they sell millions and millions of books.
0: Yeah, They wouldn't have an audience if they, you know, a, a teacher or someone who has students. Right. And, know, and it doesn't let the, teacher, it yeah. doesn't
1: let the false teacher off the hook. We just have to realize no, no, that there's that there's a there's a market for it. There's a heart for it. There's an audience for it. Um you know in Matthew chapter 7 when Jesus talks about uh you know false prophets in Matthew 7:15 he says beware of false prophets who come in you come to you as sheep and come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. You said something earlier that sparked my mind to think about this and maybe even in a previous podcast we talked about this, but I think oftentimes we're, we're so busy within the church looking for false teachers who look like wolves rather than ones that look like us. You know, the dangerous false teacher knows Christian lingo. And he's standing behind a pulpit in a church, and even if it's dusty, he's got a Bible in front of him. He may even quote uh, a scripture here or there. Though that's that's the dangerous false teaching is is the false teaching, the wolves in sheep's clothing. Um, and I think sometimes we want to give the benefit of of the doubt to to people. Oh well, they seem good, or they seem. But we have to think about the damage done. By false teaching, especially when it's aimed at the gospel, I may have said this on a previous podcast, but I I tend to repeat myself a lot. Um, You know, if I if I shot you because I had malice in my heart towards Gary Wilkerson, I'm going to shoot you, you know, or if I was just didn't know how to operate a gun properly and I was cleaning it and a bullet discharged and hit you. My intent doesn't matter. What what the damage the bullet does to your body is, is still the same. So we have to, we have to teach false yeah. teaching. We have to take it seriously. And even if we show grace, we still have to rebuke it because, especially when it, it undermines Christ, yeah. it, it's dangerous. And it, so
0: it is, it is. And there's um, there's, there's two subjects I want to try to address here in the time we have here today. Um, one is what's the difference between, uh. A false teacher, you know, who's living in this ditch that we're right. talking about, and somebody who has maybe misinterpreted the scripture. So your pastor is doing a series right. on, let's say, grace. And like myself, you know, it's like, okay, man, for those two or three weeks there, as I was teaching it, I, I really didn't interpret scripture very well. Uh, so that's I want to talk about that a little bit, uh, and then I'd like to talk too about um, the, the the sort of how to identify. Then okay, so. Uh, you know, how, how do you just know that? Okay, okay, that that was a that was not really probably the the exegesis of Scripture probably wasn't well handled there, right? Uh, as opposed to a false teacher, what would you say are some of the main? How can we help our people? Um, uh, you know, know not to you know because there's there's these like they call them heresy hunters, you know, right. on, uh, on YouTube now, and they just break apart everybody. You know, I'm sure they could take any pastor, any Bible teacher. And find something they slipped up and said wrong or didn't didn't clarify correctly, and they show that little clip, and then they, t- they take twenty minutes to just blast that person. I know, you know, I've I've been accused of that. My father David Wilkerson was. I'm sure, sure. you've been as well. Definitely. And so, th- you know, there's a difference between that. But but first of all, is like, um, what would you say is the difference between someone who really is a false teacher and somebody who's just kind of got it wrong?
1: Definitely. Oh, let me an- let me answer what you mentioned at the end first okay? Um, I think I think what what you know we need to call out false teaching and false teachers I think what ends up happening though is you know this is in the in the sort of full counsel of the preaching of the word of the Lord so you know there is correct rebuke and encourage and so we correct false teaching we rebuke those who are preaching a distorted gospel we encourage people in Christ um, and what happens is when your whole slant is rebuke, there is no, there is no, I, I feel like it's, it's a tainted pull. Um, and I think many of these men who, you know, not saying all of them are the same, but I think often people who started off in doing something slightly beneficial, you know, at some point you have to find new targets and, you know, have to have to be less, you know, careful about what you're saying and you're doing. So I, I really feel like the way we present God as ministers of God's Word is very important. We need to acknowledge a couple of things, that Christ is King and that His Word is supreme. I want the people under the sound of my voice to know that I don't think of myself as the infallible voice of Scripture. My job is to point people to Christ and to point them to the Scripture. So, if, if a you know, a parishioner or congregate comes up to me after a message and has a question about something that he doesn't think lines up with scripture, I'm not insulted. I'm encouraged that he is a student of God's word and he's trying to connect these. This is the way we should approach all, all things like that. So I think, you know, in the day of social media, some of the people who call out the sensational, you know, word, faith, False teacher ends up becoming sort of the same thing as they sensationalize things. You know, I, I heard your father once say something that, you know, people who are joking around about false teaching and stuff. And he said, There's nothing funny, it's serious and it's sad. And, and and we should have that sort of you know if you if you have a a, a strong rebuke voice you better also have a broken heart towards Actually, the lost yeah. and so I think that's one th- thing but I think you know back to your your last question about false teachers and false teachings um, I think we've all been guilty of, of of teaching something falsely I mean obviously my m- knowledge of God in His Word you know Phil over dec decade or so has grown and. I've changed my mind about things, and I feel like the Spirit has, as I've learned, the wholeness of the Scripture. You know, I feel like I see things that I didn't, and, and even just things that I took out of context because I was grow, I was raised up being told something, mm-hmm. and as I really you know kind of read the Scripture in context, I'm like, wow, that uh, you know obviously couldn't mean that. So I think the difference between you know the when we want to make a category of false teaching and false teacher is. A false teacher is someone, in my opinion, that is that is distorting the fundamentals of the faith and must be, you know, treated as so and as such. And I think, you know, we could throw out names, you know, um, and, and sort of teachings that everybody would know. But I think there's a difference between that and false teaching because. If I believe something slightly different than you about the Bible, we both believe in the gospel, we both believe in Christ, we both believe in salvation through grace alone and Christ alone, but you see something different here than me, um, you know. if i think you're wrong about it i think you're teaching something false right um but that's i think that's the difference where we we have to have charity it's none of us have a, a the the truth cornered we're all trying to know god from his word yeah. so i think those are the distinctions and and i think one of the biggest things is not that not that theology doesn't matter it does but i think if there's a simple way to say it every step we take away from the gospel with theology like saying Christ in Him crucified, fully man, fully God, Jesus died for our sins, all these sort of things. Every, every step we take away from that where there's less witness about certain doctrines in Scripture, we have to be more and more charitable. And then we get into places of eschatology and places of does regeneration proceed or follow a confession of faith and these sort of things you know, we can we can be gracious. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think one of the big distinctions is, is there's people this will be the last thing I say. um, So we can have a discussion, and not a monologue. (laughs) But I think one of the most important things, that's why I have friends who have different theological views than me, but they're people of God's word. And so just because they see something different about the order of salvation, or they see something different about Predestination, or they see something different about um, eschatology, or something. I know that we both are men of God's word. We both believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, and so we can be sort of charitable about those things. I think that's different than someone that has a fundamental un- misunderstanding of the gospel or a doctrine that they so strongly believe that distorts the gospel.
0: Absolutely, yeah. That's as well said. The <clears throat> my mind goes towards. Uh, the difference between somebody who's trying faithfully to exegete the Word of God. It's like, I, I really want this, I want the book to speak, not my opinions or not my, like you said last episode, two plus two equals five. If I'm determined to prove five, then I'm going to go what's called eisegesis. I'm going to try right. to prove my point that rather than exegesis, where lets the Word prove the point to you. I think you can do that and mishandle the Word of God and not be considered a false teacher. But if you are Two more words that start with D. We talked about that in the last episode. Uh, if you are deceived, uh, you know uh, you, you're coming in with a deceptive, demonic mind. Really, right. that, then there's no question you're you're deceived. You're a false teacher, even if it sounds really close, but you're deceived. The other would be uh, devoted. You're, you're devoted to your cause. Uh, I'm a I, I'm a little, you know, hellfire and brimstone legalistic. You're going to obey the God, and we're going to, you know, rebuke you. Right. You know, the, so you're devoted to legalism, or you're devoted to lasciviousness, where it's just like you can live any kind of way you want and, and be be free. So, so there's that deceived. So you can't when you're deceived, the veil is over your mind. Uh, First Corinthians says, that the, the the God of the sages put this veil over your mind, uh, over your eyes, so so you you're, you can't come to Scripture and let it speak truth to you. And, and not only are you deceived by it, you're devoted to it, which I think is very different. Than, so I think we need to be very, very um, rebuking towards the those who are devoted and deceived. That's and, good. And, and I, I wouldn't even be afraid to, like to me, I think we mentioned Joel Osteen. I think he's a, a good, I'm sure he's a good man and loving, but I, th- I think he's deceived when it comes to the gospel. And he's devoted to that. I think Kenneth Copeland is, is both deceived and devoted to uh, money and, and uh, helping people try to live their this successful life, I, I think there's a you know there's more than we can mention. I think a lot of this stuff that is is uh, called call the prophetic movement. Uh, there, I believe in prophecy. I believe in all the sure. gifts of the spirit, but there's this thing now of sort of like calling things out and uh, you know uh, prophetic things about the future that have not come to pass. Very man-centered uh, so, usually very man-centered, as well. Very man-centered. Yeah, you you're gonna get. The new house. You're gonna, uh, you over there. You're gonna be the next great evangelist. You know, so and so will be the next president. Yeah, some people call about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the N A R. I think they call it the the, the,
1: New Apostolic Reformation. Yeah, I
0: think that stuff is 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 not just missing the mark a little bit. Uh, You know, I think I think Benny Hinn is. You know, and the reason I mentioned these names is not to try to cause controversy or or become the heresy hunter, but it's to help people get a grip on things and, and to test this for yourself, if what we're saying here today is true, and these these men and women, there's some women too, Paula White, who's, who helped the president, uh, Trump, um, I, I don't think she teaches the gospel, I think she's devoted to something else.
1: Not at all. And
0: so the reason I say all these things is to say, to, uh, test this for yourself, uh, examine what they're saying, be, and the reason I want to challenge people in this is because so many people, I do believe, listen to really tr- true biblical preaching. They listen to, they you know they 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 listen to, uh, you know uh, some somebody who you just know, you, you know uh, I can't I'm trying to think of a name somebody that, that would be famous that uh, David Wilkerson. Uh, uh, Chuck Swindoll uh, Yeah right you know, uh, just uh, uh, Greg Laurie Greg Laurie you know, these these you know they're they're you're gonna get the gospel right. you're gonna get biblical teaching from these people the word of God they're gonna get the word of God uh, so what what bothers me is I have people come and say Oh, I love your dad's teaching, man. I I listen to his sermons all the time. Him and Benny Hinn are my two favorite. Right. And so the reason I'm mentioning these names is I want to challenge people. Like, um, be a Berean. Look for yourself. Is when you hear these messages, if you listen to ten messages by Kenneth Copeland, are you coming away with an exaltation of Christ, of of a willingness to do what Hebrews 11 says, is to give up everything yourself for the sake of the gospel? You're looking for a better city, or is it? I'm building my kingdom now, and you're giving me fodder to help me build that kingdom. If so, then you have you're exposing yourself to something that is called here dangerous heresies. Definitely. Um, so that that's uh, that's. Uh, what, what, where's your mind going with that? Any any thoughts well, on it?
1: so one thing that I would say, you know, there are heresy hunters and people that take this to unhealthy extremes. But I've often heard people say you shouldn't call people out by name. You know, I've even had people misunderstand the Christian fellowship principle of Matthew 18, where they say, well, you know, you should go to a brother first. And um, and, in this, but the but the the or the sort of caveat there is this is talking about interpersonal relationships within the body of Christ. Exactly. And and Benny Hinn's not taking my phone calls. (laughs) and, and I think that Paul gives a very good example of the fact that he was willing to call out people he felt like were dangerous, false teachers. And he would call them by name and say, this person has abandoned the gospel and do not follow this person. Do not listen to this person. And I think we see in Paul a great example of what you said. There's a difference between calling out a false teacher and someone that's engaged in false teaching. So he calls Alexander the metal worker, you know, someone who is destructive and false, Mm -hmm. a false teacher. There's other people he calls out by name as false teachers. But then he rebukes Peter. You know, Peter wasn't a false teacher. But he had fallen into some false teaching, exactly. um, you know, because he for whatever reason and and he he rebuked a brother um, and and Peter repented and and, you know, changed his mind about it. So I think that's the sort of idea. And I think it really comes down. We don't want to make judgment calls. It's not my job to, uh, you know, to say who or who or who will not be in heaven. But I think that there is judgments we we do have to make especially as ministers of the gospel and and there are people that i would say i don't know how they could preach this and believe this and be a christian right um and you know i'll give you one example about kenneth copeland it's not just being obsessed with money kenneth copeland has said that if he if he would have had access to god's word that jesus did that He could have accomplished Calvary. Wow! Well documented statement that he's made. It's not s- something you can very easily find if you if you look it up. He said, I, "You know, I could have did the same thing because I'm a twice born man as well." This is a dangerous distortion of the gospel that that puts us on par with Christ. Yep. And I think what you said in the last podcast really is it's not the albeit answer, but it's pretty easy to de- to detect when you're listening to m- to men who are preaching. Are they drawing glory to themselves? Are they drawing glory to the empowerment of man? Or are they magnifying Christ? Sometimes it's subtle, but mm-hmm. but if you listen to someone long enough, you'll you'll realize who are we trying to magnify here? Uh, the, the successful church, the successful man, the powerful man, the anointed man, or are we trying to magnify Christ? And I think for those of us, that will be the last thing I say about this. Me and my wife talked about this the other day. I think people think that we all have these m- widely divided views in the bible you know there's no christians can agree on everything but i would argue that men who try like you said to to correctly exegete historically and grammatically the word of god and take it at face value for the most part with a few exceptions i would say 90 percent of what this word says we could all probably agree on and, mm-hmm. and we can we can you know, if Christ comes before or after the tribulation, we we can all agree that Christ is coming, um, and and I think that's I think that's really what it comes back to is is an exegetical contextual understanding of God's word rather than proof texting like you were talking about earlier.
0: Yeah, and and the outcome too. Um, so if somebody believes one thing or another about the second coming uh, timing wise, uh, it it wouldn't be classified in this first Peter passage of. Greed or sensuality. It's right. just a. It's a timing issue. It's it's a miscalculation maybe of, one way or another of understanding the timing of certain scriptures, uh, I, and I would say the other things. You know, if you're, if you're a Calvinist or if you're Armenian, you, you, neither of those things are issues of greed or sensuality. They have right. to do with how you, you know, look at look at doctrine. From, you know, kind of kind of the, the rose-colored lens that you might have, going into it. But I th- and I, I do believe that for the most part, when it comes to those issues too most people that are really hungry for the word of God and want to interpret it right and live it right and teach it right are going to be men and women who when someone else could make a clear case for for a situation in the gospel or truth would be big or small it it it, it 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 moves the heart in the right direction so you know, just a quick example like i was reading a book last night and you know in, in hebrews where it talks about you know, the anchor uh, you know it's, and so my, my picture has always been the uh, you know when you think of a boat, the anchor is goes down to the water and there's a rock there. so Christ is the rock. But in the context I was reading it, it said, actually the next verse says and uh, 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 that anchor goes within the veil uh, into the holy of Holies where Christ is gone and he's seated at the right now. So it, it, it completely changed my picture of that whole thing, the scenario of not just holding on to a rock in the bottom of the ocean, but it's actually anchored to the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Wow. And, it, and it's just like, okay, that's, so I'm not going to go like, no, no, I've always believed that it's right. the anchor is the right. So I just use that as an example to say that I think that true men and women of God are pliable. Uh, they, they are teachable, yep. as, as Paul told Timothy, to be uh, teachable, whereas the false teacher will probably get angry at you, touch not the Lord's anointed, right uh, I remember when uh, John MacArthur called Benny Hinn a false teacher right Benny Hinn basically said God he wants the Holy send the Holy Spirit to go kill him
1: right with a Holy Ghost machine gun is that
0: what he said yeah he wish yeah, I had that a that. Holy
1: Ghost machine gun and yeah. just you know shoot you down yeah, yeah. But do, without
0: apology it wasn't like he later on came back and said oh, man I just got in the flesh there sorry I said that right he but even
1: was, told him that he pronounced a curse over him yeah. on live television you know right. well, I mean Wow, where in the Bible does it tell us to pronounce curses yeah. over people?
0: Yeah, no, that's that's uh, it's not well. Um, couple couple points for people to follow up on their own. Number one, uh, just devour the Scripture. Yes, uh, and and devour Christ in the Scripture. That that He be magnified. That He be glorified. Um, less of me, more of Him mentality of of going into the Word. Ask the Lord for more hunger. Ask Him for a greater thirst. Um, and, and sometimes it's it's uh, fanning the flame yourself. It's like, oh, I don't have a hunger for the Word. Well, just, I think, if you have a heart after God, y- you start getting into the Word, and it will it will actually, it, it will become, it's like exercise. You don't want to do it when you first go to the gym. Yes. You get in the, the routine, get in, get in the pattern of digging into the Word, not for, and again, not eisegesis. Jesus. is where you try to prove your point and make the right. Scripture fit it, where it's you just come to the Scripture, and so, what is what is that point? So, exegesis, studying the word, got a couple of real practical things. If if some of the things we're saying today challenge you, um, maybe even disturb you, maybe get angry at us a little bit for some of the things we've said or the people we've talked about, um, you know, just look at what look at scripture. What Joshua was saying about some of the the the, the things in in uh, mm-hmm. in, in mentioning. Uh, James and Jambres opposed Moses and they mentions their name. They didn't have a chance to talk to him, like you said. Anyway, uh, you can do that. But there's a, there's a sermon by my friend Carter Conlon called Run. I don't know if you've ever heard that sermon. Oh, yeah. It's a great uh, sermon. And, and that would be a good capstone for what we're saying today because we don't want to just identify there's two ditches. We want to tell people if you're going to a church that is in one of these ditches, run. Or if you're listening to these false teachers, run. Uh, just, just get out of it. And then also... Um, If you, if I want to spark any more controversy today, I would recommend uh, Shia Lin. I think I'm saying that name right. Shia Lin, yeah. Shia Lin, and he has a, um, a, a a song, a a rap called uh, "False Teachers." Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, so I've got the lyrics in front of me here. Uh, He says that, in, uh, uh, I know that some are going to label me a Pharisee because today the only heresy is saying there's a heresy. How dare they be specific and drop some clarity on the popularity of the gospel of prosperity? Turn off TBN, that channel is overrated. The pastors speak bogus statements, financially motivated. It's like a pyramid scheme visualizing heretics, Christianizing the American dream. It's foul and deceitful. They're lying to people. And then he goes on to mention some people's names. Uh pretty powerful. Uh if if um, if you disagree with it, that's you know, just, just look at least look at it. Yeah and see what see what maybe God's saying to maybe there's a wake up call for us and maybe we need a wake up call in America maybe we're not preparing christians for difficult times you and i both have been overseas and we've been in contexts where you can die for being a christian and we're far from that in america thankfully i'm, I'm i don't want to i'm not looking to live in that kind of culture right. for america to become that kind of culture but america is turning a corner and becoming more and more antagonistic for the things of the gospel, Christian principles, Christian morality, Christian truth. And we're going to get more like the, the Hebrews, uh, you know, which was, you know, they, they say it was a small, a small church in Rome that was being persecuted and they were, you know, almost wanting to give up their faith because it was so hard. And the writer of Hebrews is tell them, no, don't give up. Uh, we, you know, we need to, we need to be careful about what we're exposing ourselves to in in biblical or unbiblical teaching, uh, because if we don't, we're not going to be prepared for any suffering, any difficulty. If, if everything out there is the promise of, you know, as we're talking about, you know, the best life now, and and you get put in jail, or you lose right. your property, or you lose your job because you're taking a Christian stand, or because you speak out against sinful behaviors, uh, such as marriage that's not describ- described biblically, uh, and you get canceled. Um, you know, are you are you going to be strong enough? And that's what that's what we're contending for is, I think, a strong faith. Um, if uh, Isaiah says, I think it's chapter seven, uh, if if you're not firm in your faith, you're not going to be firm at all. Right. And and, and so it, it, that's contending for our faith is to make us firm in that faith. It gives us the ability to be firm in our moral stance, in our marriage stance, in our ch- child raising stance. All these things come out of that are born out of that. So Definitely all right thanks mate good being with you again look Glad forward to, to our, our next episode and um just uh I, i've been doing this almost every podcast now but and i don't mean to be repetitive but i do want to encourage you uh just a few weeks away from uh, february 15th,
1: 15th 16th, 16th and 17th, 17th
0: in san diego uh we are having a pastor's conference there called fire in our bones it's from jeremiah chapter 20 verse 9 where jeremiah got discouraged he was looking at the condition of the nation and he said i want to give up i don't think i can even preach but he said oh but there's a fire it's up in my bones Joshua has that I have that and there's gonna be other pastors and preachers there we're gonna encourage you if you're a Christian leader uh, or if you want to ask your pastor to check it out it's at our world challenge website you can find out more information about it and it's just a few weeks away uh, sign up now uh, make sure you get some space available so that we have some hotels booked if you're coming from out of town and um, Shane and Shane will be there uh, the uh, uh, our own worship team here from World Challenge will, will, will be there uh, plus uh, Carter Conlin and Tim Delina from Times Square Church in uh, New York City, Ron Brown, the dr- director of Southern California Teen Challenge, uh, and myself and others are going to be there. And so we we, we is, we're praying that, that you'll come and get fire in your bones, and um, wants you to be a part of that. And again, check out the show notes. Some of the things we suggested to you, some of the sermons and songs that we suggested. Thanks for joining us again today. Look forward to seeing you again next episode. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in the mission of World Challenge. Thank you for listening and supporting. World Challenge, transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ. Visit us online at worldchallenge.org.